This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Everyone, welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Top Ten by Geek Vibe Nation. And as I was mentioning to my amazing co-host in the pre-show, Happy National Pizza and Bagel Day. Why is this so important? Because they're probably the two most amazing carbs that you can ever ingest. So yeah, that's an important holiday. But <laughs> as always, I'm your host Tia, and let's introduce that. Amazing co-host that I was just talking about, Brittany. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, especially because on the show you're forced to be nice to me, so you know I got that going for me. But on the exactly. show, it's on the best two hours of the week, <laughs> right? And then she goes back and immediately it takes me after I hate you. No, but uh, I realized, you know. I think I've only had a fresh bagel once, and that was whenever I came to New York, because you were like, oh, bagels, and I was like, oh, like you buy at the store, and then when I uh, saw a tweet from Vincent D'Onofrio, where he was talking about how excited he was, because he could smell the bagels while he was waiting in line, and I was like, I've never, I don't, I've only had a fresh bagel once. And the pity that came from my friend in Minnesota, I was like, okay, apparently bagels are a very northern thing. You have not eaten, like, I'm convinced that you grew up on Sonic and, like, deep-fried french fries or something. Because prior to being friends with me, you had never had a meatball. Yes, everyone who lives in New York, Italian or not, Brittany from Arkansas never had a meatball prior to being friends with me or chicken parmesan. It's just the list goes on and on. And she thought that pizza was like Domino's and Pizza Hut. But I digress from all of that because I could talk about about this life. I'm so confused about this place. Nowhere in Arkansas. Oh, okay. That's probably like a little rock or somewhere. You can go. I'm going to get a slice of pizza. I would be like, oh, that's not going to be enough to get me full. And then when you were like, let's get a slice of pizza, and it's the size of my freaking head, I was like, oh, okay. Now I understand why you don't want more than a slice of pizza. The funniest thing is, before I move on, is so, yeah, like slices are purposely made bigger. But, you know, I have my my friend Amanda who lives in New Jersey. So one time when I was visiting her, and now she lives really far down in Jersey, practically to the um, the Pennsylvania-like line, right? It's about a 20-minute drive away. So her and her then-fiancé, now husband, decided that when I was down there, they really wanted pizza, and there's this place in Philadelphia, I forget what it's called. I think it's like Lorenzo's or Lombardo's or something like that. And it has like the most massive pizza. And it is, and and they only make one type, right? They only make plain. doesn't have any like toppings or anything in it. And there's a line out the freaking door. But the pizza is like 
the size of your torso, like one of those, like, at, like it needs to be, like, given to you in a whole pizza box. It needs to be, like, eaten on two plates because it's so effing huge. And I was like, holy crap. But if you think that I didn't eat that whole thing, you're wrong. <laughs> you were carb loading like a marathon runner. Oh, yeah. I mean, carbs are my jammy jam. But <laughs> that's not the subject of today's top 10. Today's top 10 was actually picked by Brittany because I was too lazy to come up with a subject. Should I say that on air? I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, Brittany, why don't you tell the audience what our top 10 is? Say our top 10 is top 10 Jeffrey Dean Morgan roles because I love that gray-haired older man, Negan-looking mofo, that uh, I sat there and I was like, man, we did, Je- we did John Bernthal. I was like, we could do Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Except I didn't look and I was like, golly, for such a popular man, he has not played in a lot <laughs> of stuff. I looked and I was like, oh, okay. So if we touch on some different things, it's just because he is a great actor, but I didn't, I underestimated how many things he had truly played in. Yeah, John Bernthal's uh, filmography is much longer than Jeffrey Dean Morgan's, which I feel is why it was a little easier doing John Bernthal's. I was like, John Bernthal, top 10, I could do a top 20. I got all of those roles listed down. But but when you said top 10 Jeffrey Dean Morgan moments, I was like, you know what? Like last week we did top 10 Marcos moments, and that obviously – was my decision, and I felt that maybe, you know, let's go with something that you pick, and I was like, I know how much you love Jeffrey D. Morgan, let's talk about him, but um, I-, I will let everyone know that Brittany is definitely taking the lead on this one today, but let's just kind of get right into it. This includes, by the way, both movie roles, TV roles, and I'm going to put in a little bit of fan casting there, just because while he hasn't stayed in in like so much, um, and I guarantee right now, as I say that, all of the Grey's Anatomy fans are like, "What are you talking about?" But um, there's there's certainly stuff that he is like that we would like him to be in. So let's just have some fun this morning. All right, this is all about celebrating uh, this phenomenal actor as well as the projects that he's been in. So Brittany. Why don't you start us off with your number 10? I was going to say, I'm going to start it off with, because it's one of his lesser-known movies, but I was trying to sit there, is it Desierto or is it Desertio? Because I was looking at it, but he plays a man named uh, Sam, who at first you're like, okay, he likes to hunt with his dog. Until you realize, you know what he likes hunting more than, like, rabbits out in the desert? Uh, Migrants trying to cross the border because he's awful. And I don't know if he truly has, I I guess he's just, you know, a racist that's like, oh, yeah, you know what I want to do? I want to kill people crossing the border. But he is absolutely terrifying. And the whole time... 
I watched that movie, I was like, this man's going to have a heat stroke. Because, see, I don't know if you remember, he is, like, pouring sweat this entire time. And he's drinking nothing but alcohol the entire time. I was like, this man is going to pass out from dehydration. And the only thing that this man likes in this world is his dog. But I think it's just the utter terrifying uh, role he's playing that I like so much because he's so cold about it, very uh, gleeful about killing these people, very very calculated. And it's that he's seeing them more as prey than actual people. But I'm telling you, he loves his dog, and that dog is well-trained because there is at some point – He calls for the dog, and it leaps through the window just to sit next to him. And I was like, I want a dog that will just, like, put themselves into the vehicle without dragging them, carrying them, begging them, please, God, get in the car. But I digress. He um, made me think of a lady throwing up in the car. I'm sorry. It made me start laughing. (laughs) But, um I was going to say, there was one more point I had to make about this character, and I think it was that, oh, the scene where there's at some point, um, there's law enforcement that they come to a confrontation, and this guy, they're both, like, parked on opposite sides of the road, and they're talking, and the moment they get done talking, he turns around, and he's like, he's like dickhead or something, no, he calls him, like, bitch or something. I can't remember what he calls them. And the cop is mumbling to himself, dickhead. And I don't know why. I thought that was so funny and slightly out of place in the movie. But I was like, you know what? I love it. I love it anyways. So I'm going to go with Sam. Uh, I want to say that the movie is called Desierto. But I... It's so, like, conflicting because he plays such a bad guy in this movie, but he's, like, looking really good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, like, he's got that whole, like, savannah thing going on, that whole rugged desert look. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like I've only seen the movie once, but what was his motive? Like, was there ever a definitive motive this besides being, like, absolutely fucking racist. (laughs) And you know what's weird is, like, I don't think in any, I don't think in the movie he says, okay, he does have a racist moment. I've got to say, obviously, it's racist killing, you know, migrants crossing the border besides, you know, the whole psychotic thing. I was trying to remember if he ever says anything blatantly racist itself or more if he just wants an excuse to hunt a greater form of prey because he hears well, the radio at some point. Well, it's very much like the most dangerous game, you know, uh, hunting yeah. humans instead of hunting animals. But you know what it reminds me of? Remember that episode in American God season one, the beginning where they're showcasing um, migrants crossing the border and all of these, like, really, like, you know, the people who are obviously not law enforcement are just people taking upon themselves oh, and just, like, shooting Jesus? it. I'm sorry? With Mexican Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, so it reminded me of that. And I 
feel like I've watched like documentaries and there are people like that who take it upon themselves and they are so filled with uh, this like hatred that they do that and it's absolutely awful and it is crazy that I don't know how well this movie did where it was released or anything but it is a bit like odd that a movie was made where like the main character is this person who is deciding to do this right like you would think that the movie would be from the perspective of the migrants walking uh trying to cross but instead is from like his perspective um and he certainly is not a sympathetic character at all i never felt sympathy for him oh no like the only way i felt slightly bad for is when the dog dies but i'm like also the dog was trying to rip these poor migrants like apart like this dog was vicious it was not a it was good not, boy. It was not the dog's fault, all right? It was uh, Sam teaching that type of behavior to his dog. It is not the dog, it's the owner. <laughs> I like how she is like, uh, okay, John Fernsall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, John Fernsall, the advocate for pit bulls, okay? Like, it's the owner, not the dog. <laughs> the owner, not the dog. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. But um, I love that this is your number 10 because certainly it, I feel like these type of roles kind of fit Jeffrey Dean Morgan, not like racist roles. But, but he plays a great bad guy. Like it's something in his face, you know, that he plays like a really good bad guy, which is so funny because he could be like, he's, pretty much the polar opposite of that like didn't we one time go through some of like fun facts and how he owned something with Paul Rudd and they took over it for you know a dying friend and everything so it's like it's so funny that it's like he seems as if he's such this like humanitarian like he raises donkeys right Yeah, yeah, he has his donkeys, and I think llamas, or was it alpacas? I can't remember. Alpacas, alpacas. Um, yeah, so it's, like, hilarious that you have this guy who pretty much in his real life is the polar opposite of many of the roles that he plays, which you obviously would say he's an actor. That's the point. Like, you're acting, but it is just hilarious to me. But, um it is a great way to start off this top 10. I'm going to take the number nine. And so my pick is it's obviously like way high in the list and it's very small. And I can't even remember if he had lines or anything like that. But I wanted to put this down because not only of I feel like it was a perfect casting, but it's a shame that probably nothing is ever going to come from it because it probably is like, the one thing that, like, I took away from this movie besides Scoop McNary being in it. But you know how that is. But so... Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, like, Seven Degrees of Scoop McNary. I found the connection between Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Scoop. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's going to be... It's going to be uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne in Batman versus Superman. Now, he not only... 
felt like the most perfect Thomas Wayne, which is hilarious when you think about it, that he played Thomas Wayne and the woman who played his wife was the girl who played Maggie on The Walking Dead. So it's kind of funny. It's like Negan killed Glenn and decided to take Maggie as his wife. It's full circle here. But um, so obviously, you know, in Batman movies, they have to show Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed. It's like we cannot get away from that. Really quick, I thought that they were not going to do that in Joker, but lo and behold, what did they do? They show uh, Thomas and, um, oh, God, I forgot what, Martha, right? Martha Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Martha. Martha. Um, after that whole movie, Tia, after that whole movie and that whole point, you're telling me you forgot her name? I <laughs> But the whole point is that, you know, they have to, like, anytime Batman is on screen, it's like, oh, we have to kill Thomas and Martha Wayne. It's like, who got, all right, Brittany, who got killed more, the Wayne or Uncle Ben? <laughs> oh, man. But, well, <laughs> shit. But uh, I digress. Um, so my whole point is, he looked like a perfect Thomas Wayne, and if we had wanted to do a a true flashpoint movie, he would be an amazing like bad Batman, right? Because you remember you I forget if like we watched the actual movie or you just showed me clips, but the animated flashpoint movie where you know obviously it's this different reality, this different future where Thomas Wayne ends up being Batman as opposed to Bruce Wayne, but he a bad mother effort. And I feel like Jeffrey Dean Morgan would a would play a perfect bad mother effing Batman. So that is kind of my entry for the number nine. I know it's super small and probably like what the hell he was on screen for like two seconds, but it's mostly because I feel like we were robbed and it's probably the only thing that like one, two, one of the two only like good things in Batman versus Superman and probably the only thing that I would like to, you know, carry over from the Snyder DC universe, which I know every Snyder cult fan listening probably just stopped listening, but that's okay because if you aren't aware. That was a long time ago. Brittany, it doesn't matter if it's a long time ago. It's been like three years, and the Snyder Cult fans still have the hashtag release the Snyder Cut. They are not letting you go. No, no, I'm saying that the Snyder fans would have left a long time ago. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, if you've listened at all to this podcast, you know that I'm not a fan of you. But, um, Brittany, what do you think about Jeffrey D. Morgan as Thomas Wayne, and would you have liked to see a flashpoint paradox with him reprising the role. Oh, definitely. I think he he looked perfect for it because you look at him like clean shaven and you compare him to a lot of the Batman movies uh, and, you know, having who you have playing them, he looks perfect for it. Now add in a little scruffy beard from, you know, like that stubble look because that's how Thomas Wayne, especially as the Batman looks, He's very disheveled. I think he's an alcoholic, basically. Like, he very is, like, falling apart. And he uses guns, which that goes back to another pick of why I think 
he looks so perfect as him, but I'll get into that on the next one. But he, ah. but it's like Jeffrey Dean Morgan has this way of looking. He can have these moments where he looks very dapper in a suit. And you know what's funny is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has a way of looking really big but really small at the same time. Like, I know it sounds weird, but you see him as Negan, and his presence is so big. But if you really take a second to look at Negan compared to, like, other people, he's always a lot skinnier, but you feel like he's so big. So, like, with Thomas Wayne, it's like, yeah, he may seem like more of a lither type person but he has such a big personality that I think especially for the Batman role he would be able to be very aggressive and he has a way of deepening his voice that you're like okay he's intimidating now I'm scared of him so that I is agree. a really good that is a really good point that he is able to make himself seem like this really big opposing presence when he's quite Lynn in real life um, but that's not like what you really think of when you look at him you see like this really big like you know uh, huge mother effer pretty much and it is really interesting and I think that's why he probably is used in so many um, you know bad guy roles because they're like we need a really opposing presence Let's call J.D. Morgan. (laughs) Right? I mean, I bet he'd take it in a heartbeat. I mean, Walking Dead's dying. He needs a new gig. I did read, I just, like, looked it up, and apparently there's been interviews where um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has said that he would still be interested in playing Thomas Wayne. So... I mean, I, again, don't know if they're ever going to go that route, especially since Zack Snyder's DC world is dead at this point. I wouldn't say dead because we still have Wonder Woman, Aquaman, yeah, yeah, you know that, but Zack Snyder doesn't really have his involvement. Um, And Matt Reeves is coming out with his new Batman movie that has Robert Pattinson in it, so I don't think that that's ever going to happen. But, hey, you know, they made a separate Joker movie, with Joaquin Phoenix, and that has nothing to do with the DC universe. It's not connected anyway to what is going on. So if they wanted to do their own Flashpoint Paradox movie, they could do it. They could do it. Um, apparently, Ezra Miller is still connected to the Flash. That's still happening. So I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that Jeffrey Dean Morgan makes an appearance. You know, I, I can remain hopeful. I can dream. I still hate Ezra Miller as the Flash. I do too, but it definitely has solidified that he's still the Flash. I don't know if you saw or if I told you this or anything, but I know this is really off track, but really quick. Um, you know, the CW did their crisis on Infinite Earth, right? Where yeah. they pretty like this massive crossover and they pretty much like pull they pretty much like pulled everyone from everything DC and threw it into uh, this crossover. I mean, Brittany, they had Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. They had Tom Welling, who was on Smallville. They had this woman who was on a canceled pilot for Birds of Prey back in the 90s make a brief appearance. Like, they have had what the hell? 
Oh, yeah, no, they've had everyone. So at the last hour of Crisis, right, it was a Flash um, episode. And at some point, Barry Allen, you know, Grant Gustin Flash is somewhere, and he hears that, and he turns around, and it's Ezra Miller's Flash. They literally got Ezra Miller's Flash into the CW, and the two of them were talking to each other. And I'm like, okay, that definitely solidifies that Ezra's not going anywhere. He is still the Flash. So, but... The one thing that we could be hopeful for is they're going to do it. I'm hearing rumors that it might be a version of the Flashpoint Paradox, his solo movie. So let's hope that we get some Thomas Wayne in there. But um, let's move on. Brittany, what is your number eight? I was going to say, now that we're on this point, now I'm going to go with the comedian from Watchmen. <laughs> Because Which is, the comedian, by the way, basically him. By the way, before you before you go on, because I want you to gush, but the, the Watchmen is a Zack Snyder property, so see guys, oh, God. we don't we, we don't hate we don't hate Zack Snyder that much. We love Watchmen, but anyway, go on. But it's like the Watchmen, like the comedian, is so so bad. He basically is Thomas Wayne as Batman, except way worse and way less uh, motivated. But, you know, looking into the backstory, it makes a little more sense, but he's still awful. So you have the comedian, you know, in this world where there is heroes, you know, there's the Watchmen, but most of them don't have powers, I believe. I think a couple of them do, but most of them are just vigilantes. And Mm -hmm. the comedian is one of them. Well, you know, at some point he gets hired by the U.S. military to go to Vietnam. And there's, like, even a scene where, like, this pregnant Vietnamese lady runs up, like, you did this to me. And he shoots her in the stomach. It's really effing bad. And, you know, he's called the comedian because he always does stuff with a smile. You know, he's very uh, joking. But... And there's the scene, and I know it's supposed to take... What's bad about this is that the movie is supposed to take place in, like, an older time period. You know, like, you know, the Vietnam War. And, well, you get to the scene where he ends up trying to rape a fellow vigilante, a fellow hero. And there's even a part that, like, after they, like, beat him up or, you know, get him off of her, they're like, getting on to her for what she was wearing for like looking the way she did. Cause this vigilante like wears like a leotard. She's a very like sultry person, you know, and that's part of her thing, but they were like upset with her too, which was really messed up. But I think more looking back into the history of this character is that he became very disenchanted with like the subject of heroes and, more so with it and that basically like the PTSD of doing stuff like with the Vietnam War and everything else like heavily screwed him up but that doesn't excuse him but I felt like I felt like Jeffrey Dean Morgan was so believable in this role that I was like oh god I'm terrified of him and I didn't even realize that was Jeffrey Dean Morgan until I was older 
And, you know, I got so into Negan and I got so into his other roles. And then suddenly I was like, wait a second, this dude's bad. This dude's bad. I don't want to like him because I hated him the first time I watched Watchmen. He's still an awful human being. But I still was like, you know what? You know what? This is a really good role for Jeffrey D. Morgan. I think that the comedian does end up raping her because now I could be wrong because I have not watched HBO's The Watchmen series, which I know I should. Everyone praises how well done it was. I just haven't gotten around to it because apparently it's like so intense. And I feel like if I'm going to get into something like that, I need to have, you know, be dedicated, right? Sit down and not casually watch, like, really watch watch it but there's a character that I believe because the series takes place 30 years after the movie um and there's a um whatchamacallit a character who apparently is the daughter of the comedian and that vigilante so I think he does end up being you know anyway um yeah the comedian it's so funny because it's like that role is so iconic and it's so like, you know, people walk around, they have the little like smiley face button with the blood on it and people, you know, cosplay as the comedian. Like, remember when we went to New York yes. Comic-Con? <laughs> I, I have to say so for good. The, I have to say for the listeners, um, for anyone who's been to New York Comic-Con, you know, the little area near the Starbucks where everyone can sit down and there was literally this one guy who was cosplaying as a comedian and I don't think he moved at all that day because he literally was just sitting there with his feet up on the table reading a newspaper with a fake cigar hanging out of his mouth and I'm like I know it was perfect I was like that's the best cosplay ever while we're all walking around with our feet hurting he's just letting everyone come to him it's perfect. I know. Um, he was camping out that spot. You know it. He was like, you know what? Uh, I ain't losing my seat. Uh, well, it's so difficult to get a seat in New York Comic Con that who can blame him? But I was going to say is that everyone loves, like, the comedian because of Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing it. But if anything, um, we're cosplaying a rapist. So I don't know now how I feel about that. But... Yeah, definitely. So I think, though, when we talked about Jeffrey Dean Morgan being, like, slim, I do think that that's probably the biggest, though, that he's ever been. Because he was a little jacked in it, right? Yeah, like, he looks bigger in that. But, like, really looking back and, like, following his Instagram, I sit there and I go, man, he's kind of a lift dude. You know, like, you know, you see him in his motorcycle, you see him working, you know, he is you know, he's not super, super skinny, but he's very, he's pretty thin. Because he's got that, like, old biker dude look to him, you know? Like, he's getting older, you know, blah, blah, But I guess when he was young, because you have to think about what, when did The Watchmen come out? Like, 20 years ago or something like that? I'll look it up for a while. Okay, you look it up, but... I definitely feel like it was messed up, like, how much we liked him as a comedian because, as you pointed out, it wasn't just him 
sexually assaulting that woman, he also killed a pregnant lady. So he was What's not his kid? a good guy at all. Huh? What's his kid? She was pregnant with his kid. Oh, my God. That's right. I forgot about that. This guy's why she was so pissed more... off at him. Wow. By the way, that movie isn't <laughs> as old as we thought. How, when did it come out? 2009. Really? Yeah, it's I only 11 years old. I really would have thought that that movie would have came out in like 2003 or 2000 or something like that. Huh. That's impressive. Me too. Me too. I will say one thing about The Watchmen. It's like three hours long. And Batman versus Superman is three hours long, and I'm like, what's up with Zack Snyder wanting to make every single one of his movies like three hours long? We don't need that. We long. don't need it's that. Not, no, I agree. It's not. It's not Avengers Endgame. <laughs> oh shit! Shots fired. Yeah. Exactly. But um, I I just like the aesthetic of the comedian. I think that like I don't know. There's something about like the Watchmen costume. Because it's like, it's, I'm going to try to describe this, but correct me if I'm wrong and let me know if you have a better way to describe it. But their costumes are kind of like the costumes from the boys, right? Like a a little lower budget than, say, like, you know, the Justice League or, you know, the Marvel Universe where, like, those costumes, like, you could almost tell that, like, these guys aren't really, quote-unquote, superheroes. They're just a bunch of people running around in costumes. Does that make sense? They remind me of, like, okay, my dad said, you know, he used to read all the comic books when he was younger, right? And, you know, you had Captain America. You had all these. And we think back to their costumes, how they're a little campy. Their costumes are a little campy. I think is what I would call it. Like very old. But you have to think it's taking place in the 70s, right? Or the 80s. I think it's the 70s. 60s or 70s. Yeah. And and so you think back to it's got to have that old timey look. So it's kind of like old vintage superhero look. It was definitely like made to look like it was during the golden era of comic books. Um as opposed to, like, say, modern day, where everyone tries to make their superhero costumes look more practical and more modern. Like, in things like The Watchmen, it's like you have someone who literally looks like an owl, right? Right? Like, where's the practicality in that? But back then, it's like costumes really weren't made to look practical. They were just kind of made to make a statement, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, uh, of course the comedian has to be on this freaking episode. I mean, it's definitely one of his most iconic roles. Um, I'm going to take the next one, and it is also a comic book-based um, role, even though not superheroes, but it is, remember the movie The Losers? Yes, yes, that's a great one. Okay, yeah. So, and uh, for anyone who didn't know, 
uh, The Losers was a comic book by Vertigo, and you have Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. And I love, like, I love um, movies or TV shows that are about, like, as the title says, a bunch of losers getting together for a common good. Like, they are not put together. They're pretty sucky in the most part. But um, then all of a sudden you group them up and they just do what they need to do. They do it better than the professionals, right? And Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character named Clay looks so mother-effing good in this role. Like, he's the one who's pretty much, like, in charge of putting everyone together. He's kind of, like, the leader and everything. And he's so, like, just daddy in it um but <laughs> exactly exactly and i also it's funny because if you look back on this film um and i'm gonna read it off because it's hilarious to me so you have jeffrey dean morgan who ends up freaking being you know the comedian and thomas wayne zoe zaldana who ended up being gamora chris evans who's cast in america and then you have Idris Elba, who was Heimdall, right? So it's like you had all these, like, you know, it was like before they were DC and Marvel superheroes, they were in the losers together. But I don't know if you remember this movie very much, Brittany, but what were your thoughts of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's role in The Losers? I'm going to say I don't remember a whole, whole lot of it, but I do remember it. his name was Clay. And I really liked him because I like to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan in these assertive roles, but almost playful. He makes a playful person. And, like, you see him in interviews, and I think that does uh, say a lot about him. But um, I was going to say it is funny Captain America was in there because I think Chris Evans, he plays kind of a nerd in it, I think. I have to look back. I think he plays a more, like, submissive role, a little bit of a nerdier role. But I don't know if I'm getting that confused with another movie. But him and Zoe no. they have. What'd you say? I was going to say, Chris Evans does not play a subdued role. If anything, he plays more of a flamboyant and out-there role because he's so, like, joking around and kidding and like kind of like sporadic and all over the place and he's like you know okay i remember yes yeah yeah but really interesting i have the wikipedia up here and it's kind of cool what like jeffrey dean morgan has a quote about playing um about playing clay and i just think it's funny i kind of want to read it for you right So it says that Morgan, who starred in the superhero mystery film Watchmen, felt that playing Clay was far less complicated in comparison to his Watchmen role as the comedian. Because of the radically different approach, Morgan stated that it gave him more freedom and allowed him to be more playful with his character. So I'm going to read you the quote now, right? This This is what Jeffrey Dean Morgan said. He goes, this guy has a real, actually much better sense of humor than the comedian did. He's not nihilistic. It's completely different. This is much lighter, a much lighter load for me. There's also kind of room for me to interpret this as a project where, in Watchmen, you had to look. I was playing the comedian in the most revered comic book ever written. I was confined to that. In this, I could fine-tune a lot of what I thought Frank Clay is and get to play with it a lot more. So it is interesting 
that he Full felt circle. a lot more. He felt a lot more freedom in this movie than he did in Watchmen, apparently. Seriously, people are obsessed with the Watchmen movie. You know, that's kind of like when John Bernthal faced the uh, comic book shop owner who said that he better <laughs> do a good job. And, you know, it's like you have that pressure on you. So to get to play a role where you're playing that role of someone playful and fun, but you know that people aren't going to hunt you down over it. Because The Losers, I think, you know, it was a comic book too, but you didn't have as many people, you know, pressuring you over it. But, um I was going to say, him and Zoe had some, like, uh, some chemistry Intense, chem- intense chemistry. Like, I would watch that again. <laughs> all right, right. We'll just skip through all the other bullcrap and go straight to them. It's fine. It's fine, Tia. <laughs> I forgot that they, like, did the dirty in that movie. <laughs> I, I mean, like how we're over she- here, like, you know what? You know what? He's 53. He's still got it. He is the male equivalent of, you know how we were talking about the Super Bowl halftime, and we were like, okay, you got Shakira, like, that's in her 40s. You have, uh, you have J-Lo, who is 50, and they still got it, and you're like, holy shit. And then you have those dweebs come on stage where you're like, oh, you know, come and look at here like thugs wannabes. But then you have Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's, like, still looking great at 53. And I'm like, you know what? He's ours. He's ours. Whoever likes men, he's ours. Um, That's like yesterday, Halle Berry was trending on Twitter. And it's like, oh, why is Halle Berry trending on Twitter? And if you look, it's because um, it's because she literally turns 53 and she looks better than, like, a shit ton more people out there. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, Halle Berry does look good. But anyway, let's move on. Brittany, what is your number six? I, I'm looking at my list right now, and I'm, like, sitting here. I'm like, it's between two. Between two. Uh I'm going to go with Delarue from the, uh, oh, man, I always want to put The Revenant. I think it's The Salvation. It's The Salvation. But I always want to call yeah. it, uh, yes, it is, he plays Delarue, who I think he was a Confederate, right? He was on the side of the South in the Civil War. But, you know, he's really ever since then, uh, no, he was supposed to kill off the um uh, off the Native Americans. God, he plays bad guys, Tia. He's playing a lot of bad guys. But we love him in those bad guy roles. But basically, this movie takes place. Uh, you had uh, Mad Mickelson's character, who has his wife and child. And they end up getting, well, the wife gets raped and murdered. The son gets murdered. And Mad Mickelson's character kills these two guys that did it. Well, they turn out that one of them is Delarue's brother, and Delarue is a bad mofo that comes into these towns and makes people pay for protection. But who are they paying for protection from? <laughs> Delarue. So, so Delarue goes on a big tirade. He wants to find the man that killed his brother, but this town is terrified. Like he, I think, I think they 
he charges them $50 a month for protection. I'm trying to remember. I think it's $50, which was a shit ton of money. And then they're barely coming up with that much money. And he said, until you find my brother's murderer, it's going to be doubled. And these people are like, oh, my God. And, you know, we think back like $100. But I think $100 then is like thousands and thousands and thousands, you know. So uh, because it was the golden standard, each of those dollars is represent that amount of gold along with it. But uh, it was just that he's so terrifying. Like, he says, okay, you know, for my brother and for that man, I – you know, I'm going to kill off two of your people. And so they bring him a little old lady and a man with no legs to kill, you know, to kill in sacrifice of like, you know, he said he's going to kill people too until, you know, he finds whoever killed his brother. But then he ends up killing a full grown man because he's like, you brought me an old lady and half a man. It just, it wasn't evened out. But he plays such that good role because he is so intimidating. He's got that Fu Manchu going on, that whole goatee thing going on. And, uh, you know, you have his brother's wife that he was so obsessed with who got her tongue cut out by, as he would put it, the savages. And so, you know, she can't speak. And there's a part where he has sex with her and, you know, he's afterwards, he's just laying there and he's like, oh, you know, I, you felt that you felt how long, you know, he wanted to do that. And when she turns her face, you see her face is bruised and you're like, oh shit. So the role is absolutely terrifying. He plays such a good bad guy. Like the way he looks whenever he turns and he does that slight eye squint and you're like, oh shit, he's a bad mamma jamma. I'm terrified of him it ends up just being perfect. And I think it was one of his better bad guy roles. So it's so funny. Um, I don't know why I just thought about this, but so, you know, in November, it's the whole like no shave November thing. I had, um, I had written an article uh, pretty much praising the November, like, you know, all the most fantastic mustaches. And oh, I, I remember, put, yes. And I put Jeffrey Dean Morgan's mustache from Salvation in it because I was like, that was a glorious mustache. But um, yeah, when we had done a few months back, remember we did the top ten westerns, and I remember yeah. I rewatched Salvation, and I felt so bad for Mads Mikkelsen's uh like character. Because what was it that he hadn't seen his wife in like either six or seven years because, you know, he went to America to make a better life. And now finally he was at the moment where he could afford to get both his wife and his child over to America and they would be able to live comfortably. And then it's like literally within a few hours of being reunited, she's raped and killed and they kill the freaking son. And it was heartbreaking like, you know, seeing Mad's character, like, holding his dead son's body as he was just walking, I was like, you bastard, to, like, you know, the killer. And, no, it like, was so I, bad. I don't know, like, how many people actually know about this movie, but it had, like, to me now, personally, it wasn't, like, done the best. Like, some of the lighting was kind of strange, and I'm just saying that just from, like, a 
like film like making uh, perspective, but there were some really like raw and really like stark scenes. And one of them is when he's demanding to kill people. And at first you have the old lady, and I think it was that her grandson was like, it's not fair, it's not fair. And the old lady is like, it's my time, I'm, I'm old, you know, let this be so that others don't get killed. But then the poor guy who didn't have legs was like crying, saying, my life isn't so bad. I, I want to live, and you're like, oh, my God. And, like, he can't go anywhere because he doesn't have legs, and these two assholes are just, like, carrying him, like, sacrificing him, you know, bringing a lamb to the slaughter. And it was so mm. it was so messed up. But I did love um, the widow. What was she called? The princess? He was like, make sure the princess, oh, princess. has everything. I remember when they're standing there and he's like, I, I promise I'm going to find the killer, da 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 da. And she kind of just like puts her finger uh, in front of her lips to like pretty much be like, shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, that scene was so messed up where they're in bed and you find out that this was not a consensual thing. He forced himself upon her. And that was just messed up. I was like, Delaru, you are not redeemable. At all, like at and, all. <laughs> and you know Which me, like even I was gonna say, Aaron all the time goes, "Why are you always trying to redeem the bad guys?" You know, he's always like, and I'm like, "Oh, well, you know, this happened," or blah blah blah. And so with Delarue, I can't. I'm like, he's just a bad manager. Actually, the only redeeming thing is that he got heavily traumatized from having to uh, clear out Native Americans from the land, which is awful in its own right, but. He's a little traumatized not, no. from that too. Nope, nope, not redeemable. Not redeemable. He not redeemable. He wrong. Not redeemable. He was wrong. But um, that's another role, by the way, Brittany, where he looks bigger, right? Because yes, he has like, he has like that big <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think um this is a really good part, a uh, really good role um that you introduced me to. Most of like the Jeffrey D. Morgan things that I've watched is because Brittany has introduced me to it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a simple woman. I see Jeffrey D. Morgan, I watch. <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's um it's pretty obvious, you know. You and uh, or else we wouldn't have a list, yeah. What'd you say? So if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't be doing a list all on it. So we wouldn't even know what we were watching. That is very true. That is very true. Um, but I am. I forgot what I was gonna say here. I'm actually going to let you also go next just because I feel like I need you to have your moment to shine here with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So why don't you also give us your, um, your number five? I'm going to give, I was looking at it because there's one I love, but I, I sh- you know what? Oh, I'll go with the one that's least popular. But one of my favorites. I'm going to go with Max from The Resident. And this is a movie <laughs> we have talked about a lot on here. 
But uh, well, we talked a couple of times about it. Place as there is a doctor. I'm trying to remember her name. Oh, uh, it's Juliet, right? Is that her name? Yes. Yes. Juliet is a doctor who has her and her boyfriend broke up. They had a bad breakup. She's looking for an apartment to rent. Well, she ends up going, uh, seeing this uh, flyer for apartments for rent. Well, she ends up going, and she finds the owner who's working on the apartment, and he's like, oh, it's going to be, what was it again, 3000 Was that how well, much the so the funny was? Thing, the, fu- the funny thing was, at first, he goes 36 and she goes, oh, 36000 I can't afford that. And he's like, no, 3600 which is a, now that I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I went back and rewatched The Resident. Now that I look back and rewatch, I'm like, that's a steal. That's a yeah. steal for that freaking apartment. <laughs> so that's what it got me, because that's what the part I was going to say, where he's like, 36. And she's like, 30, and it's like, no, no. And he's like, oh, well, you know, the train runs right beside it or right under it or something like that. I think it was right under it. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, and she's like, oh, you know, she still moves in. Beautiful, nice, like, porcelain tub that she uses a lot in that movie. Because, you know, you got to get your sex appeal in there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you, think, you think Max is great. You think Max is, like, everything she needs in life. And so you realize from the very beginning he's planned this, from the moment he took his grandfather to the hospital when he saw her, and was like, oh, my God, you know, just infatuated with her, that he put the flyer in the hospital for her to see that he was working there. He was, And, like, I think I pointed out, remember, Gia, I said, if you think about it, he was working on that apartment when she got in. He was fixing it up for her. Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, he was making her own cage for her. But you go throughout the movie, turns out to be an awful stalker who's in the walls constantly listening to her. He um, He's um, pleasuring himself to watching her do her daily activities or, like, take a shower. Or, like, not a shower because she doesn't take a shower, but she takes a bath, and he's just watching her. And remember that scene where he's under her bed and her hand, like, falls over the side of the bed, and he's freaking, like, like, basically like puts her fingers in his mouth I think I'm remembering that correctly like he's just mm-hmm. sliding her fingers over his face like it's very creepy it will definitely give you like the hot chills where you're like oh god this is so bad but I can't look away type feeling ends up drugging her raping her it's a whole big deal uh but he plays such like, it was the first time I had really watched him. I went, oh, my God, I'm terrified of his character. Like, I am intimidated. Like, he he's, this is exactly what I needed but didn't need in my life. But I think it's that he's just so, so unassuming. Because when you first see him, you're like, she needs him in her life. Like, he's everything that she needs. Like, he's such a good guy. He's very caring. He takes care of everything for you know, he's always there for her, and then you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And Tia likes this movie because Lee Pace is in it, and she's obsessed <laughs> with him. 
<laughs> it has something for everyone. I remember the um, whole family. <laughs> I forget when you exactly got into this movie, but you had begged me. You were like, "Please watch this. I will send you the money to rent this movie." So I watched it, and you know, you think because I feel like um, you know when you first like see Max, right? Because this is in 2011. So um, Jeffrey D. Morgan wasn't as white or, you know, gray. And, you know, he was a little like more filled out, right? Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, he, he he's charming looking, right? You see him and you're like, he's a very like good looking man. And she is a, you know, good looking woman. They're in New York. She just got over you know, not got over her breakup, but she just, you know, is she's going through a breakup with her ex Lee Pace, who she kind of, I think, says at some point that they were together for a long time. So she goes, this is, you know, it's just an, a gorgeous apartment in New York City. I'm telling you, like, looking back at it, not that I could afford to pay 3600 a month, but I still stuff it. And I'm like, that's not bad, considering like the apartment, the fact that it was massive, it had all these freaking uh, bedrooms, it had a wine cellar in it, and it like has that gorgeous like old school like New York feel to it. Now I'm just getting into like the real estate of it, but I know freaking looking up real estate and staring at it longingly because I I know I can't afford it, but anyway. Um, you know, so you think, like, he's just this charming guy. He's just all, always so attentive, right? But then when they do that, like, switch in the middle of the movie, which is a little, like, I have to say that the way that they did it, like, with the rewinding was a little, like, strange, you know? I feel like they could have done that a little better, yeah. but that's neither, here nor, that's neither here nor there. When you realize that, like, and it kind of, like, touches upon, like, that's all it takes for some stalkers, right? Like, that's all it takes is just one glance, and that's all he needed before he just completely got obsessed with her. And as you said, he's making the apartment for her. Um, and it's just crazy, like, everything about it. Um, and he gets so, like, you know what's crazy? Like, he gets so um, defensive and angry at some point. Remember the Remember the part where he's kind of trying to like rework the momentum between them. And she was like, you know, we were just trying something out. It didn't, you know, everyone does it. And he's like, I don't, and you shouldn't either. And he like runs away. (laughs) He says, she said, uh, I I think she even says it didn't mean anything. And he's like, it meant something to me or something like that. Very scary. Yeah, you know, and it's almost like he has this, like, almost childlike mentality because that feels just his reaction in that moment felt very much like a child, right? Um, and yes. then I don't know if you I don't know if you remember if you've gone back and watched it, but it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it. Spoiler alert, I guess. But he literally watches Juliet have sex with her ex-boyfriend, Lee Pace. And I'm like, what a creep. <laughs> I know. You would think that you wouldn't want to watch the, like, the woman you're obsessed with get screwed by somebody else, but you might be like, well, 
At least I get to see it happen. <laughs> but I was the one, I think, who I pointed back out to. I was like, don't you remember that he literally, like, is sucking her fingers? It's so creepy. It's so it's creepy. It's so creepy. It's pretty freaking creepy. But um, poor, poor Lee Pace, okay? Like, looking back on, like, my man didn't deserve to die. <laughs> But I think we could all admit that the last, like, 20 minutes of that movie was a little bit too long. Oh, I know. I was telling Tia about it. I said, this whole movie is just like, oh, not dead, not dead yet, uh, a little bit longer. Like, it gets really stretched out. It was like, they were like, men, women, we needed to stretch out this movie an extra 30 to 20 minutes. How do we do it? Well, we could add more creepy scenes. No, 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 no. No, that's not a good idea. Well, we could add more Lee Pace scenes. No, that's not going to work. We could stretch <laughs> out the five-minute, like, chase scene into 20 minutes and then roll the credits for the rest of the time. Brilliant. Brilliant. Jarvis, you get a raise. You you remember that meme where it's, like, a boardroom Right, and the yes, one guy's like, "We need, yes. we need new ideas," and it's like one person says like a boring thing, the other person says like a boring thing, the other person has like the innovative idea, and then they get thrown out the window. It's like yes. that was the person. <laughs> that was the person who's like, "Let's add more creepy factors and more Lee Pace. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. You're fired. You're completely fired." But um, yeah, no, I uh. I was wondering when Max was going to make his way onto this list. I, I know. I needed Max. That's why I was going in between. I was like, there's other people that are a little more popular, but I was like, I love Max. I need Max to be here right now. No, no, no. I, I loved it because I rewatched it recently again, just like in its entirety. And it's not a bad movie. Like, it's kind Especially of amazing for the age that, of it. Right. And it's kind of amazing that, like, Jeffrey T. Morgan just keeps taking these, like, creepy, creepy roles. You know what? <laughs> He's like, how would you feel getting type uh, casted as the bad guy slash the creepy guys? Oh. I'd feel rude. <laughs> I I I might as well to be honest with you, but um, yeah. So I think that Max is a perfect um addition to this list because I don't know. I feel like if they redid it today, they could have made it like a much better like thriller movie. But I will tell you that like it definitely hit some of those factors like. I have to say, looking back and watching it, when Hillary Swank's character, Juliet, installs all of those cameras, and then she goes to watch it, and she literally is seeing Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character sexually assault her, that's horrible and terrifying for a woman or anyone to sit back and watch like you get freaking sexually assaulted. And what's so bad too is it's like he 
he's struggling her, she has no idea, and then just being able to realize that. But on a softer kind of note to that, she's sleeping through all of her alarms, and she is like an ER doctor, or like, you know, think about how bad it would be to be like late like that, that consistently, especially for a doctor. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's terrifying. Uh, the one thing is that um, we were re-watching it, and she got her blood test back, like, really quickly, and the fact that, like, the blood tests were obviously for her, and no one questions that it's like, hey, you know, you have all of these drugs in your blood system. They just give her the results, and she's like, thanks, and it's like, shouldn't we talk about this? You are an ER doctor. Why do you have all of this in your system? I think she only got away with it because the I think the nurse was also her best friend. I think she was a nurse. I don't know if she was a nurse or fellow doctor, but I think she got her to do it for her, and I think that's how she got away with it. Like um, the pregnant lady, right? Yeah, yeah, the pregnant lady. Right. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right there, but um. Yeah, Max is a fantastic um, addition to this list. I think that there was no doubt in my mind when we did a Jeffrey Dean Morgan list that you were, you know, going to put Max on this list. Like, it was going to happen. I was like, yep, he's he's going to be here. But let's move on. Um, I am actually going to take the number four here just because. But... Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a character that I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also incredibly iconic for, um, and it's especially within those who are in, like, the fandom culture, and it is going to be John Winchester from Supernatural. Now, um, I will sit here and admit, because I don't want to get called out by anyone, but I think Brittany and I have sat on podcasts before and spoken about how we haven't watched Supernatural in a couple of years. I think that either season 11 or 12 was when I fell off, but apparently he did reprise his role in season 14. But I can't say anything about that because I didn't watch it. So I'm just going to talk about the beginning. Remember when the whole entire show was about the family business and hunting monsters and shit like that, and you have Dean and Sam Winchester uh, played by Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, and their father is John Winchester. And I think for a moment, didn't we used to have discussions, who's the worst father, John Winchester or Odin? <laughs> yeah, right, right. John Winchester, I, like, I know that in that season he got like his redemption, like a lot of apologies, a lot of like, you know, making up for what he did. But, um, and, you know, we're talking about how stressed out he was because he was trying to keep the family together while also hunting demons slash monsters. Uh, he never had to deal with the angels, though, but that's a whole different story. But um, I think it's that, um, oh, I, I had something to add to that, and then I lost it. Definitely a bad dad. <laughs> No, definitely. I mean, he takes his sons out and teaches them how to hunt monsters and all of that. But it is, um, it's just pretty crazy, right? Like all of it, that freaking, it's just 
that's not the appropriate way that you raise children, John. And there were some moments where I felt like he had to have been, I don't know, pretty abusive towards his kids. Like, there is definitely a reason why Sam decided that he wanted out of that business. But as we remember, the whole show started with Sam trying to lead a normal life, and his older brother Dean comes to him, and what does he say? Dad's gone on a hunting trip, and he's missing. And it was all about trying to find John Winchester. And eventually it got the best of him and all of that. But you're right. He did definitely have, like, a little bit of a redemption arc. And that's why I'm, like, I'm good with that. I'm good with that he, you know, he did go through a lot. He did have to do a lot. And it's, like, he wasn't a great dad. But but I do believe he really loved his son. And, I, you know, he ultimately did, like, didn't he, like, sell his soul to save Sam? Or was it Dean that he used to, uh, he sold his soul to save one of them? I think it was Dean. Oh, my God, it's been so long, like, since I've watched it, so I know this is terrible. But I do remember being, like, really interested in his character. And I always thought, and Sam, I now kind of wish that I just watched his moments in season 14. Because remember, he did sell his soul. So he was obviously going to hell, right? Now, remember when Dean... Um, like sold his soul and he went to hell and all of that and he was only dead for four months but he had said that that was like 40 years right and all the shit that he went through and demons are created because of all like the torture and shit that they go through an extended period of time in hell so I mean considering that John Winchester was in hell from like what like the beginning of season two all the way up to like season 14 like I'm so interested to see, like, what happened there because the torture that Dean went through has to have been nothing compared to the tortures that John Winchester went through. And what's crazy is I don't think they, like, brought him back back from hell. They did, like, a weird, like, alternate, like, what if he hadn't died and then they had to fix the timeline. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, it was weird. You know, he didn't come out of hell, but I was, like, I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't like that. Like you have I know. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You have Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He would have played an awesome demon. I know. You know, I would have been all over that. I have a friend right now <laughs> who's really getting into supernatural for the first time, and I told him at the supernatural convention, and he was like, "I want to go to one so bad." And there was a part of me that's like. I can't pass it up. I would have to go to a supernatural convention with uh, if I got the chance. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, they're still doing it, although they haven't had the series finale. Like, it's still going because, you know, like, I think Supernatural and, like, I think all of the CW shows, like, The Flash and all of that are still probably the only, and one or FB, I shouldn't say that, but there's some of the only shows that still have about, like, 22 to 24 episodes in a season. It's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, rest in peace, I, zombie. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> my eye zombie never got a chance. <laughs> I never had a chance. Really quick, off note, while uh, we're talking about all this, you know, you said nothing good comes out of Arkansas. Right? You said that. Oh, 
Well, Let's hear for it. you because you like them, Billy Bob Thornton is from Arkansas. I don't know what it is about that man, but I just, I don't think ever really watched any of his shit. So to me, I'm just like, oh, he's Billy Bob Thornton. He's like, you know, this hillbilly actor. He had this like crazy marriage to Angelina Jolie. And then I watched the first season of Fargo, which he's in. And I was like, he's a really good actor. Like, I stand corrected on so many points. <laughs> right, right. So, see, we got Evanescence. We got Jimmy Cash, I think. And we got Conway Tree. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> what did I say? Jimmy Cash. Jimmy Cash. Oh, my bad. I meant Johnny Cash. My bad. My bad. I had a moment. I had a blonde moment. I'm I'm going back under the blankets. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton kind of reminds me of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like I feel like they have the same physique. They're very. They're those lit, mean people. What? They're not that mean in real life. <laughs> now I need them to be in a movie or a TV show together. They they remind me of when people go, skinny bitches, except they are skinny bitches. They are. They are. They need to put some meat on them bones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah, so my number four entry is John Winchester. Brittany, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this very iconic uh, character of Jeffrey Dean Morgan? I just, I love him in that kind of role. Like, it's like, he's the original hunting Winchester. I mean, you know, it's ran in the family. Uh, at least I think from John's side of the family. I don't think, um, no, it wasn't John's side of the family. It was, was Mary's side of the Yes. And he got involved in it. But he didn't fully, I guess he is the OG Winchester then. But, you know, he didn't really get into it until Mary died. Which you realize that their marriage wasn't great. He cheated on her. That's why they. I think he cheated on her. Isn't that how they had yeah, another that, kid, or was that after it? No, that was with Adam. Fucking Adam! I didn't mean to curse, <laughs> but I was like that. He brings that kind of reaction out of me. Freaking Adam. Brittany, how many times have I cursed on this podcast? <laughs> I know, I know, but. uh no, John is the worst, but also the best because ultimately he did redeem himself. He wasn't a he wasn't a great man. He wasn't a great husband. He wasn't a great father. But I don't know what point I was going to make because now he's just awful. <laughs> well, I think that because I was still watching Supernatural when Mary came back, and I think that I ended up like really disliking Mary. And I think that even Dean and Sam like saw that she wasn't like the mother that they had remembered, which I guess is just always how it is when you're a kid, you're going to think of your parents in a little bit of a different light. But I feel like compared to John, I was like, actually, maybe John was the better parent. <laughs> right, right. I, I still, like, that makes me sad. They, I guess that sometimes the memory of people is better than what they actually were. But then you have to remember she was the hunter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, let's move on, Brittany. What is your number three? Is, I was to say, are we doing the? Are we gonna do the last two as our fan cast, or is this the ending of like our official 
uh, top ten well, for? I, I mean, I feel like I know what your number one is going to be. Like, and it, you know, starts with an N. So I feel like number three should be your fan cast. We had already said before the beginning of this that we were going to do a couple of fan casts. So I feel like number three and number two, like you get number three, I'll get number two, should be uh, the fan cast before we get into like his number one role. Because I feel like I know that it, 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 there's no other role that should be in the number one spot. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I was looking at it because, uh, really quick, is your fan cast going to start with a K? No. Okay. I'm going to go with Craven then from the Spider-Man universe. Well, you know, the Marvel universe. Because Craven, if I remember correctly, he was exactly what he was as Sam in Desierto. Like, the, like, Wanting to hunt the deadliest game, like what? What is it? What was that called again? What is that book called? The most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. That's exactly how Craven is, and he does often uh, wear exactly the same outfits. Like he's very. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. This really quick. He's very the hunting type. If I remember correctly, he was always wanting to hunt down Spider-Man because he was the ultimate prey. So to see him, he, and he does kind of have that outfit like Craven, like that very, like, uh, the bootstrapping, the very safari-looking uh, type situation, I think he would be really great for it. And also, I want to see him in the Marvel Universe's canon. <laughs> That's always, like, what we want. We're very selfish. We're Marvel fans. We want to see our faves pop up in the Marvel universe. That's just how it is. And, I mean, come on, he's hot. Like, I'm going to send you a picture and tell me if you cannot see Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing this role. No, I, I have it popped up right now, and I remember that there was a little bit of, like, a back and forth that people were wondering, like, you know, is Craven the Hunter going to pop up in a Spider-Man movie, or even I was reading these things that he may even pop up in a Black Panther sequel, just because, you know, he's the hunter and everything Oh, like that, that would be good. That would be good. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I can definitely see Jeffrey Z. Morgan in this role, but you're going to kill me. Um, I, You know who I'd like to see in this role, and I know this is the Jeffrey Z. Morgan fan cast, but I have to be honest with you, because that's what friendships are for, is being oh, honest no, with each other. Oh, no, you're going to break my heart. <laughs> I would love to see Pablo Schreiber as Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh, that would be good too, but I just Because he I has don't the know. body. He has the body for this role. Because Morgan could have the body. You're not giving him a chance to get bulked up, Kia. <laughs> I love Trevor D. Morgan, but we just said he's fifty three. Can he get jacked up like that at this age? Uh bruh, you seen Arnold Schwarzenegger? That is true, but not everyone can be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. I can dream. You're crushing my dreams right now. I need <laughs> you to just like our friendship over ruined. 
I'm going to hit the number two, uh, and it's going to be another fan casting. And this is one that not only other people really wanted to see, but there have been interviews from Jeffrey Dean Morgan also saying that he would be interested in playing this role. So just like I just looked up um, freaking Craven, you need to look up Lobo in the DC Comics. And Jeffrey oh, I know Morgan, Lobo. Yes. He would look fantastic and be fantastic as Lobo. And they, so on the Sci Fi Channel, they did have a show called Kryptonite, and they did have another person like pop up as Lobo. And I never watched Kryptonite. Unfortunately, it got canceled after, I believe, one season, which is a shame, or two seasons. But I did hear good things about the guy who was playing Lobo. But um, Lobo is a badass, and I think that freaking he would be an absolutely, like, awesome. Like, he, just to give anyone, like, go look up Lobo. He is, like, this long-haired mother effer who smokes cigars rides a motorcycle, tell me that Jeffrey Dean Morgan wouldn't be perfect in this role. Oh, he'd be perfect. Like, I remember him from, uh, what was it called, uh, from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited when he would pop up every now and then. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is crazy. He's basically just a jacked-up comedian. Yeah, and so I have this quote here where um, – you know, Morgan was, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan was asked pretty much, like, would he want to be in, like, the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe? And if so, like, who would he want to play? And he's like, uh, I'll read, you know, some of the quotes that he said, right? He goes that, uh, you know, Fantastic Force and done, though. I mean, I like the stretchy dude. The only one I want to play is DC and Lobo. He's badass. Marvel, I don't know. Everyone that's in it is pretty good. I feel like all the greatest characters are working. And he said that he would, he's like, Lobo is, he goes, Lobo would be very cool. I don't think I'm as big as Lobo, but if you could transplant Mickey Rourke's body on my head, that would be just great. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because looking back, there is a thinner uh, Lobo that they introduced during Primers, and I'll send you a picture that maybe he could pull off because more lift in this. Yeah, because I, well, you know, we talk about this all the time that when you have actors, you want them to be excited about the parts that they're playing, right? So if you have someone, and I don't know, like, where they would plan on introducing Lobo, but if they were going to, and if you have an actor who's sitting there and saying that he would like to play this part, he obviously knows who it is. You know, he doesn't have to, like, look it up and go, oh, who's Lobo? It's like he obviously knows who this character is. You would play a good Lobo. I was going to say, he just called the uh, Mr. Fantastic the stretchy guy. So maybe he shouldn't be playing him. (laughs) Read Richards. (laughs) Right, right. Which is so funny. Um, not to get off topic here, but that's what our podcasts are all about, right? Um, right. 
I went and rewatched Fantastic Four and Rise of the Silver Surfer. And I don't think it's that bad. Like, it obviously, like, suffers from being an early 2000s superhero movie. But it's not terrible. Like, it's not terrible. And to be honest, Jeffrey D. Morgan does have more of the physique of Mr. Fantastic. I know what's bad is until he said that, I was like, I was like, oh, Mr. Fantastic would be a good one because I saw him fan casted, and then I was like, oh, no, maybe maybe not. Nah, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. John Krasinski is even recently. Okay, Daddy. I'm just saying there was a quote recently where John Krasinski, because people have fan casted him, like literally like, you know, there's fan art of him as Mr. Fantastic. And John Krasinski goes, for all the people who are fan casting me as Mr. Fantastic, keep doing it. I love it. I'm here if, if Marvel wants me. And I'm like, make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> well, what is it? Who always goes, make it so? Oh, oh, that's um, from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation with uh, Patrick uh, Stewart as uh, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. You know what? I, I just looked up really quick. You have to look up pictures. You're going to die. But go on Google and type Go on Google and type in Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the good wife. <laughs> and just look at the pictures. You'll thank me later. But um... I, I've, say, I've seen him in it, but I'm like, I love it. Look at him. He's so happy. Look at him with his glasses and no glasses. He, he Sorry, I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment. <laughs> I think the whole thing with that is my mom, I believe, watched The Good Wife for a little bit because Christopher Knopf is in it. And for those who don't know who Christopher Knopf is, he played Mr. Big in Sex in the City. And my mother, who is a huge Sex in the City fan, of course, would want to watch something where he's in it, but I believe uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays, like, the new beau of Christopher Knopf's, like, ex-wife, and I'm just like, ooh, how could you choose between those two? <laughs> right, right, easy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> For you. But, um, no, alright, so, so we got our two fan casts out of the way, which means we are down to the number one on our top ten Jeffrey Dean Morgan roles. And before we get to the number one, which I know Brittany has been dying to talk about, I am going to just go through uh, the list really quick. So number 10, we had Desierto, where he plays Sam. Number nine, we have Thomas Wayne in the DC Universe. Number eight is the comedian from Watchmen. Number seven is Clay from The Losers. Number six is Delarue from The Salvation. Number five is Max from The Resident. Number four is John Winchester from Supernatural. Number three is We Would Love for Him to be Craven in the Marvel Universe. Number two is that we are fan casting him as Lobo in the DC Universe. And Brittany, drum roll, please. What is your number one? I am going to go with the one that we've already mentioned a million times because I love him so much I have to compare him to everything else. Negan. I freaking love Negan. Look at him. Tell me that is not a beautiful, beautiful, terrifying, scary man. 
of absolutely manliness. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. So I hadn't even really watched The Walking Dead before, and I saw the clips where, you know, everybody gets rounded up by uh, Negan's men, and he comes up with the bat, and he has that ending scene. You know, I don't remember which season it was. It was like it left off at that big, like, cliffhanger. And I was telling Tia, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is bad. Look at it. I like him. There's barely anything in him, like, there with him. But I'm going to need this, Tia. I need this. And and Tia was like, oh, God, because we both barely knew anything about him. I was just, like, obsessed. Like, I had to read about him. Uh, and that was around the time, too. Tia, I think you were getting really in John Bernthal, so you were watching season one and two with Shane. And I was like, oh, no, I need to know what's been going on. I need to, like, catch up. And then, you know, knowing what happened to Glenn and uh, Abraham, like, well, yeah, I was trying to think. I almost got his name wrong. I was like, oh, no, what have I done? But uh, just getting to see him in his pure, like, I feel like this is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's, like, purest form of acting. Like, he is exactly, like, him and uh, Negan are, like, one in the same at this point. Like, you ever have actors where you can't see anyone else playing them, and the thought of it, you're like, no, mm -mm." It's kind of like Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine. It's kind of like, yeah, you'll have them replaced one day, but I can't think of the Wolverine without thinking of Hugh Jackman. But I was going to say, with Negan, what's terrifying about him in that role, uh, well, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that role, is that um, he has these moments where he's so playful. But do you remember when Carl, you hear the gunshot when they're in Alexandria, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was, like, laughing over something, and then he suddenly, like, stops, and he, like, looks at Rick with that look where his smile slowly fades and he, like, brushes past him. I don't know why that just, like, shakes me to my core. I'm like, oh, man, he's a bad man, Majama. I love him. And then in the newer series, you know, you know, spoiler alert and all that, he does try to come into his good guy form where you realize a lot of what Negan did was for the greater good of his group, no matter how bad it was. It was pure in the form of wanting to keep these people together. And that's why I'm like, oh, Negan is going to be my top pick. (laughs) I remember, um, you know, for those who don't know, The Walking Dead is based on a comic. So they've obviously done loose interpretations and they've bounced around a bit, but there have been some pivotal moments that, have been led up to the entire time and others, you know, fans wondering, okay, when are we going to get to these moments, right? So I, as Brittany mentioned, started watching The Walking Dead because I got into my John Bernthal kick and it's like, obviously, you know, him as Frank Castle is probably one of his most well-known roles, but before he was Frank Castle, he was Shane Walsh on The Walking Dead. And Walking Dead at that point, I think, had been around for, like, six seasons, right? Um, and everything was on Netflix. So I I want to say this is, like, either two or three summers ago. I just completely binged, right? I got into the first and second season. R.I.P. Shane. Shane did nothing wrong. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. But, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. 
so I was getting up to like the finale of season six or something like that, right? Or I remember at the time, whatever site I was writing for, because it wasn't GBN, but I had done a report that it said that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan had been cast for The Walking Dead, but he couldn't reveal his role yet, right? He was on all the late night shows, and they were saying, you know, oh, you've been uh, you've been cast, you know, and we're really excited, you know, who do you play? And he was like, I can't tell you who I play, but it's a really big character. It's a really big, like, you know, storyline. I'm really excited. I've been such a fan, you know, yada, yada. And everyone was like, he has to be playing Negan. He looks like Negan. Like, it, there's no other person. Like, why would you cast John, uh, not John, why would you cast Jeffrey C. Morgan as anything else other than Negan, right? So then at that point, that was just correlating into when I was getting to the end of season six. And they have that moment where, everyone's lined up there and finally there's Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming out as freaking Negan and he was terrifying and I will say this I may get some flack from you but I stopped watching The Walking Dead for a really long time after uh season seven's premiere because that was torture that was an hour of straight torture just seeing like like Negan in that role was essentially a cat dangling like the life of a mouse in its claws because that's what he was doing to every single one. It wasn't just about killing Glenn. It wasn't just about killing Abraham. He was going to friggin' make Rick cut off his son's arm. Like, what kind of sadistic shit is that? <laughs> he was doing psychological. He wasn't going to make him do it. He was just a... Uh... Stop. Yeah. He's such a freaking Negan apologist. Like, I'm not apologizing moment. for anything, Tia. But it was crazy because I did know that, you know, they had the end of season six and then we had to wait like something like eight months for season seven to come out. And so obviously there was all this speculation, like, who's he killing? And obviously in the comics, he killed Glenn, but at this point, Glenn had become such a pivotal role in the, in the, in the show. And the show had already done so many different things than the comics did that they thought, okay, what if it's someone else? And they, fucking pulled out the rug from underneath us by killing Abraham first. You think that, what, Glenn is safe. And then all um, uh, uh, Daryl did was have to try and act tough. And Negan's like, I guess I'm going to have to make another point turn. I mean, but did it stick? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know what I really loved about Negan that I was sad that they like turned that all like around. Um, what I like, I liked his friendship with Simon. <laughs> Remember he I says know. he's like he's like because I like Stephen Og, but everyone's you know Negan's like everyone needs to have the right hand man and mine Simon and I was like oh they're so good they're like he's like. 
Simon's like his right hand, like he knows exactly what Negan wants, he knows exactly what Negan is, you know, yada, yada. And then freaking you find all this other terrible shit about Simon, that Simon's even worse than freaking Negan, and Negan ends up killing him. But then Negan, like, has all these freaking morals to him, right? He, he's against rape, you know, he, he likes... But then, but then, see, this is, this is my problem. I'm getting, I'm getting like, uh, worked up here, right? Yeah, he you know, good. Negan has all this shit, but he's, you know, he was really good to Carl. He, you know, um, doesn't believe in sexual assault. But yet, he pretty much does because he pretty much strong arms all these women to become his wives. You know, he pre- he may not have, you know, that's the thing, okay? Negan is a sexual predator, but he thinks that he's not because he has in his mind that, oh, the only type of rape is, you know, pushing a woman up against a, a corner and raping her. It's like, no, 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 you're like mentally abusing them to have sex with you. And that's wrong, all right? That's wrong. But besides that, um, I will say, you know what? For some reason, you know what's one of my favorite things? Like, I have two, right? One is I like Michonne reading Carl's letter to Negan over the walkie-talkie after Carl, like, um, you know, died. I feel like that really affected Negan. And it was almost like, you know, of course Michonne was hurt by what Negan did. I mean, he killed her friends. He killed, you know, Maggie's freaking husband while she was pregnant. Um, but I thought that was a really good moment. And I also love when, oh, what was her name? Sasha. He puts Sasha in the coffin and he thinks Aww. that, you know, they're just going to do this big showing. And then Sasha ends up being dead and then a zombie. So when he opens up the freaking uh, coffin, isn't he like, oh, shit. He gets so terrified and it's so funny, but so bad. No, I love it. But um, at this point, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't really caught up with The Walking Dead in a while. But it's now that he's like released and everything because they had caught him. And they had imprisoned him um, in Alexandria for a really long time. But as we know, there is now a worse villain out there, the Whisperers, who are just like, they saw Negan and they were like, hold my beer. (laughs) They were like, hold my beer. Well, no, and that's the thing is he's become more of a good guy. I think they finally let him out, and he just wants to, like, farm and kind of be, like, left alone and kind of live, like, the casual life. And they're like, nope, you're going to help us. And he's like, well, shit. But he really does take care of uh, Judith. Like, he goes into Mm -hmm. a fucking blizzard to rescue her. Well, Jesus, someone needs to because Lori's dead, Shane's dead, Rick is somewhere, and... This is um, Carl. This is Carl said. This is Michonne's last season. So Judith isn't gonna have anyone. She's not gonna have her biological parents. She's not gonna have her, you know, her adoptive parents. She's not gonna have her siblings. Although I think I 
think that Michonne and Rick ended up having a biological kid together. So Judith has like one sibling out there that like, but the sibling's younger than Judith. So Judith's going to have to take care of the sibling. What's going on here? (laughs) It's a whole lot of drama I did not sign up for. But then again, it is The Walking Dead. Well, we all know that Judith is really shamed. I mean, they even they even confirmed that in like both season eight and nine. I was like, it is canon now. Well, because you remember, and I I know this is often a tangent, but I I need to speak my piece. Uh, do you remember there is like there is a scene in like either late season seven or season eight where Rick is talking to Michonne and he's saying that he knows that Judith isn't biologically his. And then when we have in season nine, when Rick is having his farewell episode, he hallucinates Shane. And Shane literally is like, how's my baby girl? (laughs) Oh, and that was kind of cute. I kind of like that. There's this hilarious, um, (laughs) there's this hilarious meme where the top is Lori going, happy Father's Day. And both Shane and Rick are like, thanks. And Rick is like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Gia. <laughs> That's so bad. I know. But the most, the, the thing that I'm trying to get here is that uh, Negan's going to have to raise Judith because no one else is there. I don't know what um, Michonne's kid's name is because again I haven't been keeping up with it but there you go he's, he's going to have now two kids to take care of that's two mouths to feed <laughs> he's the ultimate daddy in all shapes and forms possible Tia did Negan have a kid because I know that the reason why he calls his baseball bat uh, Lucille is because of his dead wife but did they say that he ever actually had a child no, he, they never had a child together. But Negan was a high school, like a high school coach, I think, or like a, I think it was high school. He was a gym teacher. Yeah, he was a gym teacher. He was a gym. I can't see that guy doing like dodgeball days. He'd be like, oh Let's my god, hit. right? He would insist on picking the team. That's just how he is. And then he'd be like, right? And he'd be the type that would go all, like the tough kids against the nerds. And they'd be like, Mr. Negan, this whole picking the teams has taken 40 minutes of the whole fucking gym time. We only got 15 to actually play. He'd be like, that's all you need. Kill him. That's all you need. Oh, no. I kind of liked dodgeball back in the day. I don't know why. Like, just to get your anger out there and just throw a ball at someone, right? Right? I always liked it because I was so small that no one could hit me. And normally I could catch the ball and get the whole team in. And then I felt like, like the champion to you. I felt like the best. That would be one of those movie moments where, like, everyone starts, like, slow-mo, like, running in. And you're just sitting there like a oh, G, yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know what? It's like I can deal with that. Put me back in high school. It's, it's like that meme where you see like all the guys and the one dude stand there with his like arms folded, looking all smug, and everyone out, you know, in front of him is like, "Oh my god!" Like the guy like runs past, like holding his face or something. I have to like oh, find yes, that. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes, I'm all about that. Yes. 
that would be you. Like, just drop the mic, and it would be absolutely perfect. But, um, yeah, I think that Negan, of course, was going to be the number one pick here. That's why when you were like, oh, are we going to do our fan cast in the last two? I'm like, no, 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 no. We all know that Negan has to be number one here. He was number one. <laughs> I was like, I had to throw a SpongeBob reference in there. <laughs> but Brittany, while we have a little bit of time, is there anything else you'd like to say? Is there any other roles of uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's that you'd like to highlight, or where else are you looking for? Because I don't know if he has anything on the horizon for him. I gotta look. Let me see if his. No, it doesn't look like he has anything upcoming. I think he's just doing the Walking Dead uh, gig. I would say my only honorable mention that I can think of is just that Grace Anatomy, the character he played, just because so many people were obsessed with him, but neither of us have ever seen it. Yeah, and I looked. I mean, he was in something like um, freaking 23 episodes, but I have never been into Grey's Anatomy, and it's still going on to this day, apparently. But he must Oh, my God. I know. It's like Lonor SVU, which, by the way, he must be, like, what, one of the only actors who has not been in Lonor SVU. I looked at his filmography because I was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, say something to that. And I'm like, he has never been in Law & Order. What the hell? So what the hell? That's right. Right? Like, I mean, come on. Even uh, freaking Ian McShane now has been on Law & Order SVU. Like, we need to get him in on it. I love Ian McShane. Have I told you that before? (laughs) Uh, Him, I feel like we could have done, like, a top 20 on. He's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. But the whole main point of this is that we love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He has played a lot of iconic roles, and hopefully we can get him on something else because Walking Dead isn't going to last forever. Don't say that. No, I was joking. No one's in it practically anymore. Again, Michonne is leaving. It is kind of sad that it is kind of dying, and I wish they would have ended it sooner instead of letting it come to this point. Yeah, at this point, I feel like they dragged everything out a little too much because they did a thing where, like, pretty much the first three or four seasons took place within a couple of weeks. I don't know if you remember this, but the first two seasons practically, like, all took place within two weeks of each other. And then suddenly did all this, like, time hops, yada, yada. So he definitely could have uh, condensed that so that we didn't stretch so long. We didn't lose so many, like, actors. Because I feel that you lost Rick. You lost Carl. Um, in the comics, those are the, the two mains, and you just lost them, which is so weird because um, Andrew Lincoln left The Walking Dead, right, to go back and be – with his family, which is, you know, perfectly acceptable. But he's doing a Walking Dead movie, and I'm just, like, kind of confused. I'm like, you wanted out of Walking Dead, but you wanted in Walking Dead? I'm confused. Maybe he was like, 
maybe I should stay in the show that all started around me since, you know, we were supposed to have uh, we were supposed to have Carl take over, but apparently that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like we're losing Michonne, which can you blame? Uh, I don't. I never know how to say that actress's name, so I feel like stupid saying her name like Danae or something like that. But can you blame her? She's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like she's definitely moving on to bigger and better things. She's like, I, yeah, I was gonna say she's like, I've moved on. I'm on, I'm big time now. I'm off of TV. <laughs> I mean, she's a badass. She, she's, she's like a, a badass. Like Definitely, she was like one of my favorite parts of Black Panther. Definitely her. Um, but anyway, Brittany, we've done a fantastic job going through this top ten. I'm sitting here wondering what will our next uh, actor spotlight be. <laughs> that that's kind of like how I I I'm wanting to do actor stuff I always think that's so much fun to kind of touch on their individual careers but uh we'll have to find another one I'm telling you maybe do Ian McShane huh oh it was like Ian McShane Frank Grillo um I think we did oh, Frank- no we didn't do Frank Grillo we did John Bernthal but we could do like a whole one on Frank Grillo like that man has consistently been in a shit ton of things and he's going to be in a shit ton of things in 2020 like uh, I feel like every report we put out it's like Frank Grillo has just been cast in this Frank Grillo has just been cast in that and I'm like damn his agent is like let me get you some work here right they're on fire um fire he he's paying his his agents a big bucks he's like keep them coming i agree but um so Brittany, we have come to the end of our podcast we have some time left so that means we don't have to speed through our uh promoting ourselves so Brittany, let everyone out there know where can they find you what's going on next oh and you had a very special um Saturday afternoon stream yesterday. So why don't you tell everyone about it? Oh, well, I streamed on Saturday. Had a good time with it. We played Tomb Raider. Don't always stream on Saturdays, but I was like, you know what? I just want to have a good time. But uh, if you want to catch me on more of my streams, just follow me at twitch.tv slash itty-bitty-brit or Twitter at itty-bitty-brit0 because that name was taken. Uh, But... We have a great time. I normally play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, except Tuesday I will be playing because I'm having a friend over who has his own Twitch channel, and we're going to stream Visage together, which is the one I sent that clip to you, Tia, because I'm too scared to finish it on my own. He's going to come over. Uh, he's one of Aaron's best friends, so we're going to have a good time with that, And um, which is a great friend of mine, too, but... Having a good time with that. Um, I don't know. I'm not great with scary games, but apparently people like watching me play them. So you can find me <laughs> at either of those two places. And if I ever do a surprise stream, you'll know why. Well, Brittany, it's because you're a pretty girl and they want to see the pretty girl getting scared while playing the horrible game. You know, oh, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that complicated. But, um, <laughs> yes, please, everyone, make sure that you 
watch Brittany and support her stream and make sure that you support our podcast because we do this every single weekend. Next weekend, we'll have to figure out when we do because Brittany, unfortunately, can't do Sunday. So we'll have to figure out whether we do – well, we can't do Friday because Narcos Mexico Season 2 comes out Oh, on yeah, I'm not going to hear Friday. So, That's going to be like yeah. – you're going to be gone. So, but maybe if Brittany is nice enough, she can do it Saturday night. But we'll have to see at that point. But – please make sure that you support the podcast. I really appreciate it. This is my passion and something that I enjoy doing and hope to um, continue doing it. And I work hard to make sure that we provide good content. So you can find us on CastBox, uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere else that you can find podcasts, we're there. Make sure that you check us out, Geek Vibes Nation, on Twitter and Instagram because we got a lot of great shit. Not only do we provide awesome articles, reviews, all of that, we have fantastic giveaways. We're covering the Oscars tonight, and we have awesome friends of the podcast, such as Tape and Castle, Scene and Nerd. They called this a movie, which is just fantastic and hilarious, the guys there. Um, and we also just have so much more. We're getting so many people involved, and we want you to be involved, and we also have a Patreon, we have a Discord, and you can find me also on Twitter and Instagram, CFAV or TC Stark is my username, and please let us know not only what your favorite Jeffrey Dean Morgan roles are, but who you would like us to spotlight next. Brittany, Thank you so much for being here with me, as always, and I hope you have a very good rest of your day. I hope you all have a great rest of the day. You too, Tia, and we'll see you all next time. See ya.